coal ash pits are leaking into groundwater. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin. And it's This Week in Water. Coal-fired power plants that store their waste in unlined pits are contaminating groundwater around the U.S. The plants are required to submit reports about contamination from coal ash containment ponds, and some reports have been posted earlier than the March deadline. Earth Justice, an environmental organization, analyzed 14 reports and found that nine of the plants showed significant amounts of arsenic and other toxic chemicals in nearby groundwater. An organization spokesperson, Lisa Evans, told Inside Climate News that the story being told by the data is alarming and that if the reports already made are any indication of the total number of sites that are contaminating groundwater, it shows a severe nationwide problem. From the reports, it is not known if the leaking sites are contaminating drinking water. A representative of an industry trade association cautioned that the results do not mean that drinking water is affected and those plants that detect higher levels of contaminants will do more monitoring to ensure no adverse effect on the environment. Evans of Earth Justice said that the contaminated groundwater could be very dangerous to human health if it is flowing into water used for human consumption, and it could have a devastating effect on aquatic life. Around the country, there are about 1,400 unlined coal ash pits. The EPA is expected to publish a new rule soon that will weaken restrictions on contamination from waste produced at power plants. Last Friday night, Cape Town, South Africa, received about three-tenths of an inch of rain. While it was welcome, the city of four million still faces a devastating drought. May 11th is now referred to as day zero, when water taps will be cut off in the city. The date was pushed back about a month from mid-April, mainly due to decreased agricultural use. Water consumption in the city has dropped dramatically, but if day zero arrives, people will only be able to get water from distribution sites throughout the city. Meanwhile, Wired reports that the city is trying to diversify its water supply, including using desalination. They are building temporary reverse osmosis plants to provide fresh supplies from salt water, but that would only provide a fraction of the city's needs. People all over the world are watching what happens in South Africa. Michael Kaparski of UC Berkeley told Wired that Cape Town is a warning shot. The American South, he said, could see a tripling of 95-degree-plus days by 2050, and it's very possible for water crises to approach the point of real massive human disaster. On Sunday, the BBC published a list of 11 other world cities that are most likely to run out of water, and at the top were Sao Paulo, Brazil, and Bangalore, India. The list also included Miami, London, and Mexico City. Is it time to change the way we talk about water or lack of it in the West? It is, according to Tom Phillip, who works for the Metropolitan Water District of Southern California that supplies many cities, including Los Angeles. Writing in Water Deeply, Phillip argues that the words drought and normal should be relegated to the dustbin of history. The old terms are misleading, he says. Many recent years may not technically be drought years, but are very dry and should perhaps be referred to as semi-drought to describe what is an ongoing situation. Using the term drought only in those extreme years takes attention from the dry conditions that are the new normal, even when interspersed with heavy rain periods like last year in California. The problem, Philip thinks, is that drought is declared by government officials when there has already been a string of very dry years. Then, when it begins to rain, the drought is declared over. This on-again, off-again designation hides the real problem of dryness. If we focus 
focused on semi-drought or something like it, Philip thinks it could lead to better water management policy that addresses the actual weather that's occurring. Mercury is a naturally occurring element on Earth, and much of it, about 15 million gallons, has been locked up for millennia in the permafrost, or frozen soil, of the Arctic and Antarctic. A new study published last week raises concerns about all the mercury that could be released as the Arctic thaws. Paul Schuster of the USGS led the study and told Chemical and Engineering News that the mercury will eventually end up in oceans and could contaminate fish, which are already the biggest source of exposure of the toxic chemical to humans. The online news source Quartz reports that the next step for researchers is to determine how much and how quickly the mercury from the thawing Arctic could make its way into the environment. The warming Arctic is already viewed as a source of greenhouse gases and even viruses that could be released as climate change continues. And finally, infrastructure has been in the news with the recognition that many of the pipes that deliver drinking water in the U.S. are aging and in need of repair. In fact, the U.S got a D in a recent report from American Engineers for its crumbling water infrastructure. Every day, nearly 6 billion gallons of treated drinking water are lost due to leaking pipes, an amount that could supply 15 million households. But pinpointing the exact location of underground leaks before digging is challenging. Utilities use various technologies, from drones to sensors, to locate escaping water by observing the changes to physical properties that occur only when a pipe leaks. In other words, sniffing around to notice something different. And who has the best sniffer? Dogs, of course. The Telegraph reports that a water company in the UK is deploying man's best friend to hound down water leaks by smelling tiny amounts of chlorine, the chemical used to disinfect water in public systems. Snipe, a cocker spaniel, is now on the case. He has undergone weeks of training by ex-military personnel and has been deployed by utilities in the northwest of England. Tap water there consists of one part per million of chlorine, but Snipe can detect one part in a billion, and he sits and stares when he senses the chemical. Move over, Scooby-Doo. That's This Week in Water. We'll see you next time. This Week in Water is supported by the American Water Works Association, bringing together the best and brightest minds in the water sector at ACE 18. Learn more at awwa.org forward slash ACE 18.